You are listening to the Reality Steve podcast with your host, Reality Steve. He's covering everything about Nick's upcoming season of The Bachelor. Now the man with all your spoilers and behind-the-scenes juice in Bachelor Nation. Here's Reality Steve. What is up, everyone? Thank you for tuning into podcast number 11 already. I am your host, Reality Steve. Today, we have a very special guest for you, someone you're all very familiar with. If you're a fan of this franchise, she was the winner of Ben Flanick's season. She's the author of the New York Times bestselling book, I Didn't Come Here to Make Friends, Confession, Confessions of a Reality Show Villain. You can get that book pretty much anywhere, Barnes & Noble, Amazon, all those different outlets. She is Courtney Robertson. Courtney, thank you very much for coming on. Hi, thanks for having me. How you doing, Steve? I'm doing great. Um, so much to talk about with you. So I don't even know where to start. Honestly, honestly, let's just let's just jump into it from the from the very beginning. You had a modeling career. You had dated some celebrities in your past before you went on. So how did you end up on this show? Were you a huge fan? Was this a casting agency thing? Were you a late addition? How did this all come about? Well, honestly, I was I was a late addition. Um, my sister is a huge fan of the show. She's watched since day one. And, um, you know, she had said, like, when Ashley's season started, she's like, are you watching? And I was like, all right, I'll tune in. And uh, people don't believe me, but believe it or not, I saw Ben on there and I was like, wow, like I kind of like had a little crush, you know? And so that's kind of like this, you know, I saw him get dumped essentially. And I was like, Oh, they're going to make him the next bachelor. And so it was, it was late in the season, but I basically decided to do the show like two weeks before I left for filming. It was kind of a late ad. And you did, when you say you decided to do the show, that's send the application and then someone got a hold of you really quick and that's how it came about? Yeah. So I, I, you know, I talk a little bit about it in my book. I had um, initially applied actually the night of that finale online. I had some wine. I was watching the finale and I was like, called my sister. She's like, why not? Just do it. And, and, you know, I got a call the next day and they're like, Hey, we were really interested. And but um, I met somebody and started seeing somebody I really liked and who became my boyfriend. And um, that was it was somewhat short lived. Uh, uh, but I said, hey, you know, I met someone I really like. I, I'm not ready to do it. So thanks again. And then a few months went by and then it was like, you know, a couple weeks before we were supposed to take off. Um, we had broken up and I decided to just, hey, why not just give it a try? So um, I took a chance and. Is that, is that one of the exes that, is that an ex that got out in the news stories when this was all going down? Is that? Yes. I felt, yeah, I felt so bad and we're still good friends. Um, but he, yeah, he was getting hounded. I mean, when my season was airing, like anyone who ever met me, even from high school to just random people that kind of knew me were getting hounded by the media. Mm -hmm. Um, and he was a class act. I mean, like they there were rumors of like a sex tape and all this stuff. And the head of Vivid called him and offered him a lot of money for it. And he said, first of all, there is no sex tape. And second of all, I don't need the money. He was he was a good guy. So, um, yeah. And we actually got back together after Ben and I split up. Um, so it's all good. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So we're going along on Ben's season. And I had Casey on early, earlier in a podcast a couple of weeks ago. 
And so we went through a lot of the stuff uh, during your season, just in terms of the dates and the locations and, you know, bringing up to her and I'll bring it up to you again, is that you are the last season that after the first night taping of the meet and greets at the mansion, you guys started traveling right away. We haven't seen that since. I've always thought that's kind of weird. I don't know why they haven't done it since, but, you know, you guys were off to Sonoma after that first night. And so after Sonoma, you guys go to San Francisco and I remember Chantel shows up at the cocktail party of the Rose Ceremony, and you were one of the more vocal ones about her being there, even threatening to quit. Now, was that a case of editing, or were you really put off by the fact that this girl is showing up and is going to compete for Ben, and I'm thinking of getting out of here? Yeah, you know what? I think that was like the first night that I realized like I felt like kind of messed with, like, and I just felt like, you know, what, what didn't people didn't see is I was basically with an earshot when they were having their conversation and I heard her say like, we've met before. And, you know, I was like, Oh my God, this is an ex-girlfriend. Like this isn't, this isn't cool. Like this isn't fair. And you know, she's a sweet girl. Like we follow each other on Instagram and like, I feel bad badly. I could have handled it better, but it wasn't so much about her as it was. I was like this, I always tell people you can't prepare yourself to be on a show like this. Like, <laughs> yeah, there is no like A plus B equals C. Like I was like, this is so unnatural. Like I felt like really messed with. I did threaten to leave. I was out on the street. Uh, you know, like I was like, bye, like left where we were filming. <laughs> and they talked me into staying, of course. And I said, Okay, if I'm gonna stay, I need to be able to call my sister. Like I was at the point where I was like, God, I miss my family. Like, is this really this drama really worth it over this guy, you know, over a man? Yeah. So So that yeah. so that's what's interesting because you, you <laughs> You mentioned the phone call to your sister, and in your book, for those that haven't read it, is where I got a mention in your book. You mentioned you were able to be talking to your sister, I guess the first time you talked to her would have been in San Francisco when you were thinking about maybe leaving, and during that conversation, your sister basically told you she had read my site, and that season, I just happened to have all the locations that you guys were heading to, and she told you in that phone conversation, hey, you guys are going to... Puerto Rico, you're going to Panama, you're going to Belize, and supposedly if you get to the end, you're going to Switzerland. Like, how much how much of a factor did me spoiling the season, your sister reading it, and then telling you about it play in you staying on the show? Well, honestly, like like I was saying, like you can't prepare and like there's so many unknowns. Like, I'm so thankful that like she's a fan of your site and she, you know, she's she I was so happy to hear that. You know, I was a, the, a, basically an earshot away from a producer who was monitoring our call. Like, I wasn't yeah. allowed to say much. But I was like, oh, like, now I know where we're going. So through every rose ceremony when he would announce where we were going, I kind of had to pretend like, yay, I'm so excited. And, <laughs> you know, I, I didn't tell any of the other girls. Like, I didn't really trust a lot of people. I wanted to run to my friends and be like, guess where we're going. But, um, yeah, I didn't. So thank you for that. That was fantastic. <laughs> No, I'm glad. I'm glad I could help in some way. It's just rather odd because people ask me that all the time. Like, hey, family members of people who are on the show must read your site while the show is filming because that's their only way to keep in touch with their child or at least have an idea what their child is up to and what they're doing. Do you think they tell them, you know, when they finally get a chance to talk to them? I'm like, well, I guess it's a case by case basis because not everybody gets to make that phone call. It seems like they kind of bent over backwards for you and were able to do things to appease you during your season? Well, I definitely like play, you know, bar bargained with them a little bit. And, you know, I really was ready to leave. I mean, in my book, I talk about it. Like there were so many days where it was hard and the days are long. And 
I was like, all it would take, I mean, you're really not let out of people's sight. Like all it would take would be me waking up in the middle of the night. All I would need to grab is my wallet and I could get a cab and I can be at the airport and charge a flight. And like, I would just be gone. Like I wouldn't have to answer to anybody. Like I had those thoughts all the time. Um, you know, I'm just not, a. I was, you know, I was 28 when I did the show, I was used to living alone and not being told when to wake up. I didn't like that part of the process of like, you're, you're just at somebody's mercy, you know? Yeah. And, and I got to thank you also because you spoiled my season so early on (laughs) and I just so happened to live in LA and that made it a little bit worse for me too, because all of a sudden I woke up and I had five paparazzis (laughs) outside my door. So I got to give it to you, but yeah, we, we will, yeah, no, no hard feelings whatsoever. We will, we will get to that. We will get to the whole post show (laughs) and what you had to deal with, but you know, in talking about your time on the show, obviously you were a one of the more, if not probably top three, and using the word villain is is subjective, but you were obviously made to be a villain on this show. And I think you at the time, um, there are so many aspects to this whole character that we saw on TV of Courtney Robertson that I'm curious about. But, we, but before we get into the compare and contrast with Corinne, starting with your season... Um, when you were there filming the show, I know it's hard to put yourself back five, six years ago. Did you have any idea that you were going to come across the way that you did? Um, honestly, I hate to say it, but I was so naive. I, I left Switzerland after two, two and a half months of filming and I was like, nailed it. Like (laughs) I really thought I was like, America's going to love me. I I knew that like some drama had happened with Emily and like, I had said some sassy things in my interviews, uh, but I didn't, I, I honestly didn't think I was going to be a villain. Like the word villain in my mind didn't even exist. That's amazing because the show airs and everyone flips their shit over you. Actually, it, it wasn't, uh, you should have said at the end of the whole thing, instead of nailed it, you probably just, it was winning. That was your phrase back then, right? <laughs> oh God. And people always say like, aren't you the girl that won? Like I, I hear that word, it like haunts me. And I'm like, I didn't win much, you know, <laughs> is what I want to say. Like, what did I win? A ring I returned, a, a man, a relationship that caused me a lot of heartache and, um, you know, all this like public scrutiny. And, you know, like I said, you know, I just, you can't prepare for it. And, I didn't go into it being like, I want the fame and I didn't want to be, I didn't think that far ahead because I was such a last minute ad and, you know, I was 28, I'm 33 now. And looking back, obviously I would do things completely different and it feels like a lifetime ago. No, I bet. But, uh, yeah. I mean, I, when I left, I felt so good. I was in love and, and I really, I stand by that. Like I really had those feelings for him. Um, you know, I, I was getting engaged was like a serious thing to me. I was like, we have like this amazing fairy tale. And, you know, Ben warned me. He's like, Courtney, it might be kind of bad for you. And I, I kind of would get mad. I'm like, what are you what are you saying? And why? why? Why are you saying that? And he's like, well, I've just heard and, you know, some things have happened. And so I didn't really know. I didn't know how bad it was until the first episode aired and they showed my package yeah. of me like, I'm a model and I want a big diamond ring and I deserve it. I was like, well, you didn't see the four other hours of me talking about my breakups and how I'm ready for true love. So. Yeah, exactly. And obviously we, we know how much editing goes into this show and you know, I, I always I find didn't it like funny. that girl either. I finally watched when I wrote my book and I was like, Ooh, I don't like that person either. No one. I was like, ah, oh, it all makes sense now. 
<laughs> yeah, and I think that, you know, when you're filming the show between September and November of, I think it was 2011, so you're sitting there, and when you're filming an ITM and you're in a room with a producer, and I'm not just saying you, I'm talking about any contestant on the show, you aren't consciously thinking about how this is going to look in January and February when millions of people see it. You're just in the moment, which is why they're called ITMs, and you're just talking about things, and if you're saying something sassy, nobody understands the ramifications down the road. I mean, did you did you purposely say things in ITMs or you just weren't really thinking about any of it and you just didn't think, oh, this isn't all that bad? You know what? I was thinking like some of it was like funny. Like I, I can be pretty funny when I want to be, but like I I was just like, can I get this over as fast as possible? I think they kind of already knew knew I was going to be the villain and I, I don't I won't mention any names, but a former bachelor was at the, you know, at their offices before my season, we even left for our season. Mm-hmm. And he, I mean, I mean, he said that he saw me and with the title villain under it, whether or not it's true or not. That was before we even left for filming. Oh, like that so, storyboard that apparently this, yes. where they have everybody and mapped out. I, yeah. And I heard that and I was like shocked, kind of hurt my feelings when I heard that because going back to the ITMs, it's like, you feel like these people are your friends, like you're with them and you know, they might even talk a little bit of shit with you about people before the camera starts rolling. So you kind of get these like little seeds planted, you know, uh, of like, oh, you're right. Like, huh. Like they kind of plant little things. Like you feel like they're your friends and, you know, you're just having fun. And you think at that point, like, oh, there's 15 other girls here. They're going to make a two hour show out of this. They're not going to make it the Courtney show or like in Corinne's case, it's now at the Corinne show Yeah, because she's, she's, clearly gone into it thinking like I'm going to play this card, but I wasn't thinking that way. And I don't think people believe me when I say that, like I really felt like I was talking to my friends and you know, I kind of, it's as weird as it sounds, you kind of forget that, that it is going to be aired across. Yeah. And and obviously, I mean, you weren't a fan favorite or not, not a fan favorite. You weren't a favorite among the other girls in the house. And frankly, maybe you weren't fans of them either at the time. I think you alluded to it in your book that you've just never been comfortable in a girl group setting, correct? I mean, you know, I think that's a common misconception. I think since the show, I've been more sensitive to that, you know, like, you know, I, I have always been kind of a guy's girl and I was a tomboy and I played sports and, um, you know, I've always been nice. I wasn't the most popular girl in high school. I, I played sports and, um, but in that setting, when it when love was involved and I, I was really developing feelings for this person, like, I think that's what I always try to remind people. Like, I was falling for this guy, like, legitimately falling for him and then living in the house and seeing him go on other dates. That's the part that made me feel. And then the girls were being kind of nasty towards me. It didn't all air. But, like, that's the part of me that's, like, a little bit that got a little bit, like, ugh, like, this is so unnatural. And it kind of brought out the worst in me at times, you know? Yeah, and I'm sure that, you know, looking back on it, you know, there are things that you probably said and did, and you say the girls were, were nasty to you, and and I'm sure that any of the girls from your season that maybe listened to it now or read your book maybe have thought, okay, but we did that because you did this, and it's a it's a back and forth. Everyone's got their side of the story, I'm like sure. It was like high school, and you know, and I hate to use the word nasty. Like, it, it wasn't even that. It would be like what I what bothered me the most was – waking up and having breakfast with these girls and them ignoring me and it being feeling like mean girly. And, and then the cameras start rolling and then like you see a different side and I'm like, okay, well like you're like when the cameras weren't rolling is when they were kind of ignoring me. I mean, I said it in my book, you know, bless KCP's heart, but 
the first night when I met her, I asked her, I'm like, Oh, just trying to make normal conversation. Like, what do you do? She's, I'm not going to tell you that. And she, she refused to talk to me, but that that didn't air. And so it's like, I already had Mm. a bad impression. So now I have to live with you and watch you go date the guy that I'm falling for. So, you know, that's kind of, you know, it's subtle nastiness, I guess. (laughs) Yeah. And and it's funny because, you know, when I had Casey on the podcast, she, she came to your defense and she said she thought you got a bad rap on the show. Um, didn't, you know, we didn't get into details of it, but it was in relation to her comparing you to Corinne. And basically I think she was saying that Corinne is a hundred times worse than Courtney ever was. Like Courtney basically said some sassy things in an ITM, but nothing to the extent of, of what Corinne is doing. But you know, we'll get to the, we'll get to the Corinne stuff later. And so did she, and so did everybody else. And like, yeah, exactly. You know, KCB is a sweet girl. We've seen each other since the show and, you know, we can get into all that good stuff, but, um, yeah, you know, it's, it's like, why well, it's five years ago, water yeah. under the bridge, you know, but I've, from what I've heard, she was the ringleader, <laughs> oh. <laughs> but you, so you were, I mean, you were there for Ben. You're the, you were the proverbial, I'm not here to make friends girl. And that was that. And I think a, a, a rest of America just had a hard time seeing that because I guess, from what I had put out there. And if I didn't put it out there, once they had your name, they could have easily Googled it yourself, but you had some higher profile relationships. You dated, you know, somewhat celebrity status people. So obviously as shallow thinking as it may be, people are automatically going to think, and I'll be the first to admit, I thought it when I found out you were a contestant, I'm like, this girl isn't going on the show for Ben. She wants to, she was dating the dude from entourage a little while ago. Like there's no way she is. And I, you know, so I'm guilty of it just as the next person. So it's funny know, to hear you say totally like you were, you were serious. I can, totally, I can totally, honestly, Steve, I can totally see why people would feel that way. And I get it. And I think my actions since the show have proven otherwise, Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, you know, I, I, I get it. And it just was a hard time. You know, I'm not going to lie. It was definitely, I wanted my happy ever after and yeah. I didn't get it. So let's, so let's get to the, <laughs> let's skip to the end. Cause obviously we don't need to go over the dates and everything. I mean, maybe when we get to the book part, we'll talk about some of the dates, but you get to the end of the show, you get engaged in Switzerland and then literally all hell breaks loose. The show starts airing. You're basically public enemy number one. Everyone seems to dislike you. And, and knowing the spoiler was out there and that you were engaged to Ben, it was probably much stronger than if you would have lasted like, you know, four or five episodes. So how tough was it going through that? Well, you know, you did spoil the season and you know what, honestly, I will say part of me was kind of like, Hey, this feels kind of good. Like maybe people will get on board with it and maybe they'll watch you know, and they'll start to see what I felt and like, they'll start to see what I was experiencing. And so thank you for that. There was part (laughs) of me that was kind of like, ha ha, like now the other girls know and they cause, you know, caused me so much grief, but it was really hard. It was a dark time in my life. It was hard for my family. I I call it the trickle down effect. Like, like I said, like reaching out to my ex-boyfriends and I wasn't prepared for the backlash. And so when it's airing, you're obviously having your secret rendezvous uh, with Ben, but then the show starts airing and you're coming off as not the nicest person. You're basically the villain of the season. And yet these people have in their mind, like, wait, this is the girl that wins. And you're one of the few couples in recent memory that I can remember final couples of the show that when the, after the final rose rolled around, you guys, 
basically got up there and admitted you, you, you had struggled. There was a time where he basically didn't speak to you. I guess there was a breakup kind of sort of the tabloids didn't help as they were. We had that whole scandal with Ben in compromising positions with other women at parties. I mean, did, did you specifically ask him like, Hey, what, what the hell is this? What is going on? And, and how did he respond to everything that was happening while the show was airing? Well, I think that that was like the, obviously the hardest part on top of like the public backlash. I was like trying to stay strong. Like when I talked to him, I'd be like, Oh God, we just got to get through this. Like, we're going to be fine. If we can get through this, we can get through anything. And, um, he was just not strong in that, in those, in those moments. And, you know, I think he said like, am I going to have to defend you for the rest of my life? And, you know, this is, he was unhappy and we didn't break up. I think that that was the common misconception in, in, in his head. If he thought we broke up and that it was okay to go off and kiss other girls or put himself in those situations. Like to me, that was, it was news to me because he wasn't really like, he wouldn't talk. We talked like once a week for like a couple weeks and Valentine's day rolled around and he dropped the ball and I was like, I'm done. I'm like, I can't do this anymore. Like, and that was before the show even finished airing. Yeah. Um, Cause that so would have been, that would have been like, right around this time because Valentine's yeah. day is next week. Yeah. It'd have been right, right around this time five years ago. I mean, it's, and, and then I, then you're mad. Then I'm thinking like, why did I do this? And I put, you know, I really thought I found it and I'm like kind of blaming the show. I was so mad at everybody. Like, God, like we really like, don't you want us to work out? Like we just went through this whole thing and they kept telling me, like it's you know they kind of brief you every week like hey the show this is what you what to expect i wasn't watching i didn't watch after night one i'm like well what's going to be on next episode like they kind of give you a a warning and um they're like it's going to start softening for you and then each week i'd talk to my sister uh uh, my rock and she would be like it it wasn't better it was it's (laughs) it's not getting better and i'm like oh so anyway i was i was on top of dealing with the backlash i was heartbroken over the situation of like, wow, I was so excited to be engaged. And I really thought I found the one and now we're not going to be together. (laughs) So, so going into the, after the final rose, what did you think he was going to say up on stage there? Or were you guys better by that time that from the time when you were able to sit up there, I know that you had, you guys watched your proposal for the first time and maybe that helped things. But when you, were heading there or that night before you came out on stage, were you just freaking out thinking we might be done by the end of this segment? Like, I don't even know what's going on. Or did you know that you guys were still together? We had kind of, we had patched it up, but like we hadn't had a conversation of like, how are we didn't like talk about like, Hey, how are we going to handle it after the final rose? And you know, I wasn't like a avid watcher of the show. I didn't realize the importance of it at the time, Mm -hmm. but I remember, um, talking to my sister months like kind of weeks leading up to that and and she kept saying like Courtney like I think he might pull a Jason Mesnick on you like like she's like I want you like you to be prepared like I actually tried to get out of doing that and obviously contractually I couldn't yeah you know at that point I was so done I just wanted to like crawl and like just go like fade to black like no, no more Courtney. I'm not going to give you anything else, <laughs> but that was apparently not an option. So I had to go and, um, we were together and then I get there and it just was, it was probably the worst after the final rose ever. I mean, I watched it back and I was like, wow, this doesn't look good. <laughs> yeah. It's the first one. It's the last one I remember where the couple just didn't seem on solid ground at the end of the show. But you know, that airs in March of 2012 and you guys stay engaged for another six to 
seven months. I mean, you guys didn't break up, I believe, until October or November of that year. So, yeah, we were together for really like well, basically a full year to... from the time you got engaged, right? Right around. Yeah, a full year. I mean, it was a little rocky at times, and but I I really felt like we owed it to ourselves to like try because there really was love there, and and I stand to I stand by that all all day long. Like I I'm a hopeless romantic, and you know, someday I mean, I know he wasn't thrilled about the book, but hopefully, so now. I can look back and be like, wow, like hindsight's 2020. Um, but I, I still like look back with fond memories. Like I got to experience that and kind of, it's almost one of those things. Like I can't believe that all this happened. <laughs> and honestly, I don't remember. Was it a mutual thing or did one of you call it off? It was mutual. Yeah, it was mutual. It just wasn't working and the long distance. And I was, we had been talking, I was supposed to be moving up there and um, yeah, it was definitely mutual. There were other factors like this is like real life sets in. And, you know, I talked a lot about that in my book. Like, you know, yeah. um, I, I didn't, re- I didn't ask the hard questions. Like he, he didn't have a lot of relationship experience. Like, you know, I had, I had been with somebody for seven years, you know, I, I wanted to be engaged and, you know, I God, like our first red carpet event. He's like, we're engaged dating. And I was like, Oh, that's news to me. I thought we were engaged, you know? So <laughs> We were just yeah. on different pages and, you know, I know he's moved on and happy and uh, that's good. But, uh, well, yeah. I, th- I think it is big of you after the fact to still five or six years look back and not say, boy, that was just a, I totally regret that whole thing. That was just a disaster. I never should have done. Like you're, you're saying like, look, I was, I'll, I'll own it. Like I was in love and we were engaged and it was, I wanted it to work and you did what you can to make it work. And it just, you know like a lot of couples on this show, I mean, people break up. It happens, especially with the bachelor exactly. because the bachelor is never outside of Sean Lowe. He's the only bachelor in 20 seasons that married the final girl that he chose. So you are, you do have the card stacked against you, so to speak. Oh yeah, absolutely. You know, and I didn't think it through, like I didn't think about like, you know, being in a public relationship, uh, just everywhere we went, you know, and I thought it would die down, but even towards the end, like the last weekend I spent with him, we were having a pretty heated discussion over dinner about like what, you know, what's the future of this? And some guy came up and was wanting a picture and his girlfriend was coming back from the bathroom and can you come walk over? And I mean, I didn't, I didn't want a public relationship. I, I didn't think that through, you know, I just thought life would go to normal and it would be fine. And to me, that's abnormal. You know, I don't, I didn't want that, uh, that pressure of like, you know, people wanting to know and being curious about my love life. <laughs> yeah. And it's, it's not something that everybody is ready for. And it's probably why a lot of these relationships just don't make it. It's a, it's completely different than what's happening in the two months that you're filming than what's happening afterwards. I mean, I've said it numerous times that the relationship doesn't start until the show is done airing because then you can I actually have, have a normal relationship your blog yeah. <laughs> leading up to me leaving because honestly, and, and that's what I would say, like going back to it, like, I, that, those feelings that I felt in the moments of filming and flying, getting engaged that day, you know, before it got all crazy, that is what's priceless to me because they were real. And I know people don't believe it, but I really, you know, really fell, fell for somebody that just wasn't my forever person. No, it's understandable people. It happens. And so let's, let's move on to talking about your book. I know you've made a few references to it, but there are some things in there that I do want to talk about. Like I said, it's called I Didn't Come Here to Make Friends, Confessions of a Reality Show Villain. It's available at any single book outlet that you can think of. I got it right away. And the funny thing is when I got the book, 
I read it the day that I got it. I finished it in, I think it took me about four and a half hours and I'm not a book reader at all. And it's not. Well, thank and, you. Yeah. Thank you for thank you for reading it. And it's very candid. There's a lot of juicy stuff in it. You do talk about the overnight dates. You talk about, you know, kind of playing just the tip in the ocean in Puerto Rico. I mean, you were very candid about that. Um, <laughs> but when people Precious. when people have asked me about the book and they've said, you know, what did you think of it? I've always said I thought it was broken up into three parts. I thought the first third was about you and growing up and just becoming a woman. Uh, the middle third of the book was basically you recapping your time on the show. I mean, you literally go through every episode, and it's not like you went into huge detail about each episode, but you talked about things that happened when you went to Panama and Belize and all this stuff. And then the last third of your relationship, the uh, last third of the book is about your relationship with Ben and everything that happened. Would you say fair assessment of how the book breaks down? That's a per- You nailed it, 100%. And, and that's exactly, that was my goal. And you know, for me, I was, I put myself in like viewers shoes. I was like, what would I want to know? And, you know, I, I, I read tabloids. I'm like, I want to know really what's going on with Brad Pitt and Angelina Jolie. Like, why did they break up? Like, yeah. I would, I would love to hear that story. And like, so I'm like, I'm going to tell pe- the people that watch the show, you invest all this time, two hours for what, two, how long is it? Two months every yeah. Monday yeah. watching. And you see these couples get engaged, but you don't hear about okay, what is it life like when you're trying to make it work? So that, that part of the story was really important to me to be honest. And, you know, it was hard. People were like, Oh, she's making this stuff up. I'm like, what you don't realize is this book took me two years to write. Um, you can't make stuff up out of thin air, you know? So that was what I wanted to share with the fans is like of the show. Like, okay, this is what, this is what the reality was. (laughs) Yeah. And I think that, I mean, I really enjoyed it and I'm not, I'm, I'm not here to kiss your ass. I wrote a pretty glaring, glowing review of it, uh, on my site when it came out. And, and I say that because plenty of other people in the franchise have, well, I don't want to say plenty. I mean, there's still basically probably count on two hands how many written have how many written a book about it. But I just didn't have any interest in reading. Like someone like Chantel, Chantel Newton, who was on showed up on your season, great girl. I just didn't have any interest in reading what she had to say about anything. You know, it just. But you, on the other hand, really became the first major character from this show to write a book. So what what made you decide this is what I want to do? I mean, I honestly, I could break it down to one tweet. Oh, really? <laughs> uh, yeah. You know, I was going to let it go. You know, obviously I moved on right away. Um, it's in my book about like when I go through a breakup, I've been a person who moves on right away. And, you know, I obviously started dating Ari like two, three weeks after we broke up. And yeah. Somebody took a picture of us at dinner and sold it to TMZ. That's a whole other nightmare. <laughs> oh, we're gonna we're gonna get to that in a, in a brief moment. But go ahead. But uh, so basically, going back to what you asked, Ben tweeted something that after that story broke, like uh, I guess I dodged a bullet, and it just hit me like cut me to the core. And I was like, if people only knew, like yeah. we're, like 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 you're you're trying to discredit everything that we actually had a real relationship and. That, that tweet, I was like, all right, I'm going to write a book. I'm going to tell my story. And it was so hard, Steve, to get done. I mean, you, you know, you sign your life away. Like you can't talk about this kind of stuff. And, and I was like, I'm going to do it. I'm going to, I'm the same girl that they saw on the show. Who's actually pretty tough. And I I pushed back and I was like, I'm going to, I have to, I have to share my side of the story. And that was the tweet that led to me writing, writing it all. Very interesting. And I guess my next question in regards to the book is there have been hundreds, I think it's over 800 contestants that have appeared 
on this show, whether it's Bachelor or Bachelorette. Not any of them, really, until you did, were able wrote a book. And I'm sure plenty of them want to have things to say and, and would love to talk about their experience, especially people who got painted in a in a bad light would want to shed light on, wait a second, this is what really happened. So I guess my question is, how were you allowed to do this? I mean, no one had ever really done it before. I'm sure there was stuff that you wrote that didn't make it in the final draft of the book, but how were you able to do this since I think me and a lot of the listening audience and my readership is just under the impression that you're not allowed to do this and you were (laughs) like, how did it happen? Well, you know what? That's a really good question. That's a million dollar question. (laughs) And I got that. I got asked that a lot on my book tour and I wish I could give you the, the clear answer to it, but let me think here. I mean, basically all I can say is it was really tough. Um, I did my research, uh, (laughs) really good to be able to pull it off. But at the end of the day, uh, you know, freedom of speech, I, like you said, at the first part of my book, I was talking about things that happened in my life. Uh, before the show. And um, mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, it pays to be nice too. You know, like I said, in my ITMs, those people were my friends. And uh, don't don't get me wrong, I had some sleep in, sleepless nights and I definitely had calls from attorneys, but I just kept pushing through. So, well, I mean, good for you. I mean, there, and there are definitely detractors out there who said that maybe you revealed too much and why talk about his family and his mother like that, who you obviously did not have a good relationship with. Did you ever hear from Ben or his mother with their thoughts on this book once it was released? Um, so Ben and I had like kind of actually cleared the air and um, I told him, hey, I'm writing a book, you know, feel free to reach out. Like, you know, if you want to talk about content, I was more than willing to do that. And he's like, yeah, yeah, yeah I'll call you tomorrow. And he never called. And then I got a I never heard from him. And literally the book went to print like Harper Collins, like thousands of copies being printed. And I get this email that's like, you're going to be hearing from my attorney. And, and I'm thinking like, Oh, well the book just went to print and is being shipped to Barnes and Nobles across the country. Like, you know, um, and I, once we kind of cleared the air, I went back and I softened some things for him. Um, and looking back, there's so much that I left out. There's so it could have it could have been a lot you know I was this wasn't a Ben Bash all this was like a hey this is what really happened and um, yeah I mean obviously I could have held back in some some ways and there's a few things looking back I wish I would have left out but you know um, I guess I, I guess that was like kind of my next question like is there any part of you that looks back on it now and is like you know what uh, I might have crossed the line there maybe I could have left that part out and obviously you just said yeah I think there there was some things. Because when I read it, as I'll just tell you this as a as a review, as much as I liked the book because it was an easy read, and and, and as I explained at the time, I, I didn't read this book thinking that you were the next Shakespeare. It was if you are a fan <laughs> of The Bachelor and Bachelorette, and you love to if you watch this show every Monday night and you talk about it with your friends, this is the book that you want to read. And it's it's not like I don't, and I hope this doesn't come across insulting, but it's not like I expect you to be the next. James Patterson or something like that. Like it was right. I'm not trying to be Nicholas Sparks. It's yeah. That kind of story. This is, <laughs> this is exa- people that watch the show for two hours every Monday night. I, I don't know how you wouldn't want to read this book. Um, Aww, so when I'm, nice. so when I'm sitting there, 
I guess one critique that I had, or and I wouldn't even say critique, but when I was reading it, I was almost cringing at some of the stories that you were sharing about Ben and his mother and just the tension that was there. Now, I get it was your life and you were living it and you felt the need to share it. But I guess if there was one thing that I was like, gosh, maybe she could have left that out. I, I, I think it would have been that stuff. Would you agree that maybe that's the stuff that you would tend to maybe leave out? You know, I think that there was a lot that I did leave out. Um, and that, that looking back, I could have put more in that would have just been kind of just piling on, you know? Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I agree. And, and I know that's what he, that was one of the, we, we exchanged emails. It went, we went back and forth a little bit and, and it was all about like, I have this new business I'm starting and this can affect it. It was all about him, you know, like, and I was like, okay, well, you know, and I told him I wanted to write a book after our season. And he said, don't you think you're a little bit young to be writing a memoir? Um, you know, everything <laughs> I wanted to do got shot down. So, mm. uh, but yeah, no, I definitely could have maybe left some things out, but that, that's not what I was thinking. I would have just changed the terminology and some of the things that I, uh, I, I talked about in the overnight fantasy suite. Like I talk about like a reverse gal girl like that. But that was the, like but that, one, see, that was the stuff that I that thought was great. I mean, that's the stuff that I think I wanted to hear. I mean, I didn't see, I didn't take any offense to that. I was just, cause trust me, I mean, as, as maybe as prudish as some people want to come off that watch this show, I swear every single time the fantasy date episode comes around every single season, I get asked the same thing. Like, do they have sex in there? Are there condoms provided? And you sit there and you, tell everybody this is exactly what happened. Like we went back to the room and immediately we were doing it and it was, and so that was the candidness of it. I think is what I liked because that's what my site is all about is being candid and kind of letting people know the things behind the scenes about the show that I am made aware of. But yeah, stuff like that is, I think people really deep down <laughs> wanted to know that. And I didn't have any problem with you saying reverse cowgirl. I thought that was great. Oh. Well, that Congratulations, makes me feel ben. better because I'm like, God, maybe I should have left that out, like the way it was worded. And, you know, I'm a spicy girl. Like I, I went skinny dipping on national television. And, yeah. you know, I was always going to be the girl that took, her, you know, Ben's mom, you know, just thinking like, you took my son skinny dipping on national television. We didn't get off to the right start. And, yeah. You know, she's actually, there was a lot of good thing, good there too. So, but yeah, family is, you know, I'm so close with his sister, like, that oh, really? was probably the hardest part of our breakup was her and I were so close and, um, it's, yeah, it's, it's all good. But it, again, it was five years ago, you know, I've been in a relationship, a very serious one, um, after all that and he, as well as him and, you know, that's, it's just kind of better left in the past. Yeah. <laughs> so once all that ended, did this, did the time on the show help? or hinder your career? Like what were your aspirations when you got off in terms of, did you want to go back into modeling or what were your, what did you want to do? I just, I just thought life would go back to normal and I could go back to working for my regular clients. Um, and you know, I did a lot of catalog work and yeah. the show started and like, I, you know, I'm still going to New York and working for one of my clients, Steinmart and kind of got to a point where I was like, okay, let's just let this simmer down. Like, you know, coming from a marketing standpoint, I get it. I modeled for 12 years. Like, I had a, I had a good run. Um, but when that came to a screeching halt, when my clients were like, we're going to just let this simmer down it never simmered down, it just kept snowballing and then the breakup and then the, this, and then you're on us weekly. And so that was really hard for me, um, to just be like, okay, like now I'm not modeling anymore. I'm not in the relationship. I don't want to be 
an influencer or that wasn't even really around then. Yeah. But I wasn't, you know, I got, I've been offered multiple shows, other reality shows. And I didn't, I didn't want that. I wanted my privacy. So yeah, I just was like, okay, I got to pick up the pieces. I got to share my side of the story. I spent, you know, probably a year and a half on the book, put my heart and soul into that. And, and since then it's been about three years and, uh, you know, went back to real estate. I was a licensed real estate agent and just working a corporate job. I I've got a normal life. I'm, I'm buying a place and, um, that to me, it took a while to get there, but I, I see my nephews all the time. It's, it's life is good. Well, that's great. I mean, but it took us, it took some time though. I, definitely de- derailed my life for a while. I, I know that we probably the last thing I want to go backwards on, but you had just brought it up. So I wanted to bring it up again. And I said I was going to was the Ari stuff. After you broke up with Ben, it was like two or three weeks later, a picture of you and Ari at dinner kissing got out and Oops. obviously <laughs> probably didn't sit well and immediately made people think, oh gosh, you know, and you can see why people would think poorly of you after something like that gets out. Because if I remember correctly, and I could be wrong on this, I don't think I am, but if I remember correctly, Ben had just spent some time with Ari like the week before or two weeks before, because when that picture was released, I remember Ben tweeting something out, kind of dissing Ari, like, wait a second, I just hung out with you two weeks ago, and now you're you're making out with my ex-fiance. It just, didn't that <laughs> yeah. all go down? Wasn't there something along the line? Like, Ari had just met Ben, and Ari had even made tweets about Ben, like, just met Ben Flanick, spent the weekend, cool guy, great guy, and all this stuff, and then two weeks later, you and him are making mm-hmm. out, like, Explain to me that wasn't was that purposely done to put out there? Was it? It was what happened with that? Ironic. The timing of it wasn't ideal. Um, he had reached out to me on you know he was on Emily's season, which was the one after ours, yeah. and was like, "Hey, I'm going to be in Sonoma. Like, would love to meet you guys." And and that happens a lot on the show. You know, yeah. like I've met Nick. I've met Nick. He was in L.A. and villain to villain. Let's 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 meet and have a glass of wine. And that was just it. Yeah, nothing to report there. <laughs> Just, you know, there is that, that, that happens, you know, um, but he was from, happened to be from Arizona, my hometown. And of course I watched the season. I was like, wow, he's really cute. And, but I wasn't thinking that way at the time. And I think that looking back, I'm sure maybe Ben thought something was going on. It wasn't like when the news story broke that we broke up, he already sent me a message, message that day on Twitter that was like, Hey, sorry. Like, I hope you're doing well. And I was like, okay, like, you know, thank you. Like, coming to Arizona to hide out because the paparazzi was all over me. And he was like, okay, well let's get together. And, and it was really one of those things of like an innocent, like, you know, let's get together. And we got together and it was kind of like a house on fire. So, (laughs) (laughs) um, and I was, you know, just kind of newly free and single and acting out and, uh, but he's a good friend of mine. And we, you know, I actually was with Ari yesterday. Like, I would honestly say that the relationships that I've formed from the show, uh, Ari being one, is um, something that's way more fulfilling to me than a romantic relationship. And did you, I mean, I'm obviously sure you immediately regretted it and the I fact did. that a picture I, got I, out. Honestly, and I felt horrible. And it, like, and it was at I, a restaurant, if I'm not mistaken, it was also at a restaurant that apparently was you and Ben's favorite restaurant, something like that? No, it's my, it's where I want to get married. It's like my 
that's where we had our hometown date. And oh, that, yeah. That, okay, that was it. That's it. So I knew the owner, like, you know, just through the whole thing. They were like, hey, Courtney gets, you know, like you, anytime you want to come. So I had reached out to them. I was like, hey, you know, Ari and I want to come in for dinner. Like, can you put us in a corner? Like, it was literally some person there who took a picture and sold it to TMZ. Like, it, we yeah. had nothing to do with it. Ari even went over. He saw it happen and said, like, hey, can you please delete that? Like, it was like there was no stopping it. Like, it wasn't like a planned thing. Um, but, like, going back to being normal, if I broke up with somebody, you, if you've gone up, you know, gone through a breakup and you want to go out with somebody two weeks later, just to kind of whatever, it just. Yeah, you can. You know, you're allowed to. It's just that in the world, in the world that you so were in. It looked so bad. I mean, yeah. that's what the old Courtney used to do. And, you know, that's something I've learned about myself is like, okay, give yourself some time and. But it just, you know, I didn't live there and we were at the same place. So, yeah, it looked bad. You're right. Yeah, I mean, it, it but, did. But, but like you said, in, in a normal world, in a normal circumstance, if you're never on the show, you can absolutely do whatever you want and go out with someone two weeks after an engagement ends if that's the way you feel. However. And I did. I mean, because leading up to our breakup, I was the month leading up to our breakup. I was miserable. Like, I was just so excited to go out and have be around somebody who made me laugh, made me feel it's like the same old old story in the book you know but i kind of that's when i realized like oh my god my life isn't it's not that way anymore you know and it didn't work out between you and ari romantically because why i think you know honestly he was still coming off of his season he had multiple women throwing themselves at him and you know he's a race car driver um i think honestly for me a lot of it was the ben backlash and the just the backlash of it all um, yeah. We had a really, really good month together and it was, it was great. But, uh, now we have a great friendship and you know, that's uh, good. That's yeah, it's all good. He's a good guy. He's, but he's really been there for me. And like I said, that's way more valuable than, you know, than having a, a romantic relationship with him. So things are good for you now. You said you're in real estate and you've, you're basically out of the LA scene and things are going well for you. You've it's, it's almost like a completely different Courtney that America saw five years ago. Fair enough. Yeah. I, I live, yeah, I live in my hometown now. I live in Arizona and my sister had her second baby this summer and I was like, you know, fam, fam, love family and friends is what I'm about. So working a full-time job and, uh, it's, it's kind of nice. I kind of have my life back. Like I said, I still get the whole like, well, where do I know you from? Like yeah. probably five times a day. And, you know, there's some days that I can deal with it better than others, but uh, it's all good. I like meeting new people and the book was satisfying. I mean, I still get tweets that people read it and enjoy it. And and, and that's why I wrote it. I was like, it, it, it is a love story. It wasn't a happy ever after, but hearing women say like, oh, I like your strength helped me. And uh, I've been, I've been there and I've been, you know, I've been here with an ex and that w- that was satisfying. And that's always good to hear. I mean, I think that's why, I mean, it, when I write and I get positive feedback, it's always nice to hear. If you're affecting one person and you're making their day better, it's uh, it's always fulfilling and it's always nice to hear. And you always want to hear that from, from readers or fans or whatever the case may be. Um, but you have, I think one thing that you mentioned earlier that I also want to hit on was the fact that you know, you were on Ben's season five years ago. It filmed in 2011, aired in January of March of 2012. So here we are, February 2017, and obviously being a huge character and being talked about, and you were all over the tabloids for a long time, you have never done another reality show since then. And I think that does speak a lot to 
people who may have, and I'll be the first to line up and say, I never would have predicted that. Um, I thought you would have appeared on other things, but I think it does say a lot that you have not done any other TV since Ben's season. And by sure, you've been offered to do a lot of things, like you said. Well, yeah. I mean, I did, I've, I've done charity events. You know, I did the who wants to be a millionaire because Chris Harrison asked me to, and I played for charity. I didn't get paid a dime, but it was like a fun experience. Like kind of like doing the bachelor, like, Hey, why not? Let's try a fun. I mean, I mean, actual shows like shows like famously single, which I know you had mentioned to me off camera that, uh, or off mic that, uh, you know, they had come to you and they've come to you for both seasons. And I know that I'm, You and I haven't talked about this, but I'm sure they've wanted you for Paradise at some point or Patchler Pad when that was going on. Yeah, I definitely was in the talks, I think, initially for the, was it the first Paradise? I mean, they they had, you know, there were conversations um, about that, definitely. Um, But uh, yeah, couples, you know, therapy, all these therapy shows. And I've been offered $100,000 for reality shows. I got offered my own show and. I just said the show's over. <laughs> yeah, and it's the show's over. I want a normal life. I've already, you know, and I'm not, you know, saying no never, but for me, I just I want a family and I I you like I said the trickle down effect. You know, you do one other show and you have no control over how it's going to be and you know, I already went through <laughs> through and through one ordeal. Why expose myself? I'm not trying to to be on Instagram and be an influencer or be selling blue gummy bears. It's just not, (laughs) it ain't me, babe. Yeah. And I don't, you know, you go on your Instagram, which which is bug Robertson and there is nothing like that on there. It's super boring. I know (laughs) everyone's like, maybe if you want more of a following, you should post like more, I don't know, you in a bikini. I'm like, Oh, I don't, I don't want that kind of attention. (laughs) I think, you're doing the right thing by, by staying away from that. And I, I find it funny that, you know, this is what the show has turned into. And, and that brings us to, to Nick's season. I know that you've seen a few of the episodes. And obviously, with Corinne this season, we've got this year's villain. But there's so, there's so many different levels to the word villain on this show now. Because someone like you became a villain because of things that you said in your ITMs and the things that you, maybe certain acts that you did. But someone like Corinne is... a Yes, you share the same word as a villain, but I don't see any real similarities between you two because Corinne literally called Taylor a bitch eight times last episode or two episodes ago, not this past Monday's, but the Monday that before. And you never called potty mouth. Yeah, she's and you never you never called I don't think so. I mean, maybe you said she's acting like a bitch, but you never sat there and called someone a dumb bitch or a bitch. Not that I can remember. You weren't a name caller, were you? No, no, I didn't. I was like, oh, you know, that's his cup of tea. You know, I, I didn't like Emily, obviously, because she was went and did the whole. Cl- and looking back, I can laugh. Like she was like, you know, kind of warned him, and she's not like, you know, the way she is around you, around us. I'm like, of course not. I'm dating him. I'm not dating you. I mean, that's was yeah. my initial response. Um, but yeah, no, Corinne is got a potty mouth. And that's what I was going going back to saying, like, she's probably dealing with a pretty big backlash right now. Like, you know, I'm sure. But uh, yeah. she's definitely went into it. The thing that fascinates me and, you know, I've talked to Olivia and Chad. And like I said, there is that kind of camaraderie. And, you know, part of me feels like because I lived it and it was like I was getting death threats. I was getting the hate mail and. I mean, I literally had an email from someone like, you're ruining our family. Like, this is our family time, and this is a family show. And 
Gosh. I'm sorry, I was going skinny dipping, but you yeah. know, I was trying to have a little fun and to see if this guy could spice it up a little bit. But um, yeah, these new villains, like I feel like people are kind of going into it being like, I'm going to be the villain. Like it's like a something that they they want, and I just don't uh, understand that, you know. Yeah, and I think it's it, it's it's not they're not thinking far enough ahead to where. I think someone like Corinne knows that she's getting a lot of attention and she's loving the attention. But if the attention turns negative, it turns into, yeah, oh, well, that's my edit. Stalker. Yeah. I've had, a, I've had stalkers. I've dealt with stalkers. I mean, wait till you, wait till you get real life. Like I'm watching you. I know where you live. I mean, I've had people break into my place. Like <laughs> I've had a peeping Tom. I mean, Wait till you get some like stuff that's like you don't want that in your life. Like, let me tell you. I mean, I have filed multiple police reports. Like, and you look up and you're like, wow, like I put myself in this situation, you know? Yeah. And I think that it's something that someone like Corinne, who's three years younger than you were when you did the season, uh, she has basically 10 seasons she could have watched since yours to learn how kind of not to act and not to come away, but you know that someone like Corinne is doing this for attention and does and just doesn't get it. And she, I'm sure she loves the attention. She probably loves the fact that she's gained so many Instagram followers and everybody is talking about her every Tuesday. But I think when she looks back and realizes it, she's going to see that it's probably not the most productive thing that she ever did. Well, exactly. Or let alone a moneymaker. You know, yeah. I always tell people that like, I, you know, I meet people constantly that like, I want to go on the show because I want to get a following. And can you, can you put me, get me on the show? And, and I'm like, you don't, you're not going to parlay this into a career. Like, you know, I talked about it on my blog about Nick, like, you know, I kind of miss the days. Like I've met Nick, great guy, nice guy. I mean, I can give you my honest opinion, but, um, you know, he has kind of made a career on of being on the bachelor. Yeah. You know, he kind of was, I don't know what he did before he ever went on. I don't, I can't even remember S- software then, sales or something like that. Okay. Software sales. Yeah. And then he was like, I'm going to be a male model. And then he was doing that. And then he yeah. went on paradise and then he went back on Caitlin season. And you know, like I kind of miss the days like of like Ben, like, you know, oh, he's a winemaker, you know, Andrew Firestone, like, yeah. You know, he's an in, he's an influencer. Like I kind of wish they would mix it up and go back to the or, old format because I'm just a little old school like that. But you know, it's just the new way. And like, there's villains. And you know, I know Chad Johnson. I spoke with him. You know, I encouraged him to do famously single after I oh, turned you did. It down. Yes, I did. I felt bad for Chad. And honestly, I've had a few conversations with him. Um, just reaching out like, Hey, are you okay? I saw something I, I, I can see through the editing and I can see, you know, they brought him back and you know, you don't know, you, there's no rule book when you go into this, like he kind of just threw himself into it and he's a nice guy, honestly. Like I know he has this kind of character, but, um, he, I expect to see more of him. Uh, he's entertaining and yeah. whether you love or hate the villains, at least they're somewhat entertaining and uh, with Corinne though, I do feel bad for her because at some point there's going to be a, there's going to be a wake up call, you know? Yeah. And you hope it's not something with death threats and stalkers and peeping Toms, but the way the show is going and how popular it is on social media with the tabloids, it, it's almost inevitable. I mean, uh, if, if Olivia was getting the stuff that, uh, 
basically other villains had gotten. You know, she was getting the death threats and she had suffered from some, you know, depression and was really bothered by this show and what it did to her. You know, you just wonder it, it's going to continue. And it's because people just, you know, want to believe that this show is so real and what they're seeing on TV, that must be who the, who you are. And that's, that must be who Courtney Robertson was. And that must be who Olivia Caridi is. And, you know, unfortunately, I think these people don't think it through. And it goes back to what I said kind of in the beginning. When you're, when you're filming it back in October and November, you're not thinking about the ramifications three or four months down the road. You're just saying things in an ITM, like you said, or maybe being led in certain directions to say things. And then they get their desired response, but then you suffer the consequences for it. Yeah, you're, and you're not thinking, and not only you, but your family, like the oh, trickle yeah. down. Like it was so hard for my family to see and hear all these nasty things being said about me. And then, let alone years later, to be in a relationship with somebody else who's like, oh, God, you talked about, you know, doing the fantasy suite. And, you <laughs> yeah. know, it just, it kind of follows you. There's a trickle down effect. And, um, as far as like making money and going on the show to like parlay it into a career, few have done it, and I wouldn't, I wouldn't suggest it unless that's what you're trying to do, you know. Yeah, and I think that's 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 the problem. I think a lot of them, they see some of the success stories, the Ali Fedotowskis, the Jillian Harris, uh, you know, Becca's Becca up to Tilly, a million, yeah, yeah, Becca's up to a million followers, a million followers. <laughs> and uh, you know, Lauren Bushnell is up to a million followers, and they're making money off of their, you know, whatever makeup and hair tutorials. And if you get that big of a following, can you make money on this? Yes. But I think these people are thinking that this is going to be their career. And I just, I don't think it is. It's going to end at some point. You're going to have to have something to fall back on. And it doesn't seem like a lot of them do. Yeah. And people see through it. I've never tried to sell a fab fit fun box. Like I got approached and (laughs) I'm like, you know, (laughs) I'm not trying to sell that kind of stuff. I'm just, I'm not trying to sell anything, you know? Uh, so yeah, I mean, it's, it's going to be interesting. I do think that it's, the show has changed and the people that are going on the show, like I said, people come up to me like, Hey, I want a following. I want to go on the show. And I'm like, yeah, I'm probably not going to submit you. Cause that's the room, <laughs> you know, I'm not going to s- send your application to directly to the casting people because the, that's the romantic in me. Like, I wish we could get back to that. And you know, maybe, unfortunately, maybe I don't think it's going to happen. For you. Yeah. <laughs> I think those days are over and, and sadly I see that happening on next season. And, you know, I think that's what we saw on this week's episode. I just watched the other night, like, you know, cause I knew I, you and I had talked about doing this podcast and I wanted yeah. to be up on it. I'm, I'm loosely watching the season because honestly it's, it's been hard to keep my attention. That haunted house date really, <laughs> I couldn't, I was live. I couldn't fast forward. It was just so bad. Um, but I do like him as a person and we have a lot of mutual friends, but I do think that that's what you're seeing. I think he's thinking like, in my opinion, like, Oh my God, are these girls there for me? Imagine being like, God, I've been through this so many times. Like I do feel for him. I think everyone's deserving of love, but maybe at some point you look up and say, this isn't the way to find it. You know? Yeah. I think that there is a, there's a certain element to that. Um, have you read the spoilers this season or no? Has no, your, sis, has your I, sister spoiled I it for you? <laughs> a friend of mine, a good friend of mine who's friends with Nick told me who he probably picked. She was pretty sure. So <laughs> no name, but okay. tell me, I mean, are you going to talk about it here? I mean, Oh, oh no, it? it's been spoiled for two. I spoiled it the, the day, the uh, tell four, me. four days tell after me. it, uh, 
they filmed the finale. I spoiled oh, it back okay. in November. Yeah. Well, tell me. I would love to know if you want to talk about it. I would. Oh yeah, no. I, he, honestly, he... I'm losing my interest. <laughs> I'm. It's it's almost painful to watch. It well, who who do you think, or who were you told that it was? I I heard Corinne goes far, and I heard that he picks Vanessa. Yeah, that's correct. Yeah, Corinne okay. Corinne gets to hometown dates. She gets eliminated at final four, but she does get a hometown date. And then, does she get uh, an overnight date? Because no, she gets eliminated. <laughs> no, no, she gets eliminated at four, so she doesn't get to go to Finland for the because they go to Finland this year for overnights and final rose ceremony. So, well, um, and going back to the lack of travel, I mean, have, haven't you noticed a lot of it's in the U.S.? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think I think that like I don't know, maybe they. I, I think I know why. I actually, I think. You know, people aren't wanting to travel as much, you know? It's possible. I mean, it seems like the last few seasons, they're getting two or three episodes. After they leave L.A., they're still doing two or three episodes in the States, and then they're doing maybe two episodes out of the country, and then the final rose ceremony has is out of the country outside of Caitlin's season, but that was due to a scheduling snafu. But I think, yeah, it's like the host of the, you know, Chris Harrison's amazing. I'm sure he he's probably wanted to stay closer to home. I don't know. I could be wrong. Yeah, I, I mean, there's really no rhyme or reason. And unless I ever had a producer on, which will never happen in a million years, I guess I'll never really get the the full answer of why the traveling has been shortened to not as many out-of-country trips. But, you know, it is what it is I, at this so point. Wait, so Corinne gets cut before overnight. Yeah. And then, so he picks Vanessa. Do you think that the... Tell me, I'm going to flip the switch here. Do you yeah. think that they're going to make it? I, I, let's interview you. No. <laughs> no, <laughs> what I don't. What do you think? I, I, no, yeah. I don't. I mean, I've, as far as I know, they're still together right now. Um, but, you know, it's only been two months. I would hope they could at least last till the after the final rose. Most couples usually do. Like I said earlier, you and Ben were the only ones in the recent memory that were even sitting up there on stage remotely thinking that maybe it might not work or were having problems. Everyone else gets up there. And oh, la, 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 yeah, la, la. and it's great. Who it's broke up right away. Whitney and Chris broke up. And Whitney and Chris Whitney broke up too. during Dancing with the Stars. She's, yeah, so like two months later, after they sat there on the stage and said how much they were in love. Yeah, she's a doll and a half. I've met her. I actually hung out with her, um, and I felt for her too. But um, yeah, but who else was it that? Jo- I mean, together? Jojo, oh, Andy, and Josh. Andy and Josh they lasted. Up. They lasted about a year. Uh, Jojo and Jordan are still together. Um, uh, the uh who was the other one that i'm completely drawn caitlin and sean caitlin and sean still together um yeah jojo jordan still together caitlin and ben and lauren still together but they are having issues so to speak oh what kind of issues um i just i just yeah (laughs) actually i don't know i don't know about ben's uh i don't know about that in terms of ben i don't know if he's having erectile problems (laughs) I just do know that um, there have been some things on social media lately that a lot of her fans and a lot of followers of them on Instagram have noticed they've been spending more time away from each other. Uh, they, that's a red flag. Yeah. I, that's what I did. I was acting out like I'm going to post a quote. Yeah. And it's going to be kind of elusive, but I'm going to post <laughs> it anyway. <laughs> yeah. And I, think, and I think once people start seeing that, knowing how these couples work, I mean, the same happened for Josh and Amanda, even though that was different because it was paradise but josh and amanda posted pictures nonstop of him with her kids and them together and then fake photo shoots on the beach for nonstop for six months i report that josh and amanda break up and then for two weeks there's not one mention of him on her instagram page so we know to look out for this stuff now and apparently recently i don't follow ben and lauren but i had enough emailers 
tell me, hey, Steve, something seems to be up because she took a girl's trip. Ben wasn't part of it. Now she's going to Mexico with her family for her birthday. Ben's not even with her for her birthday. That seems odd. So as far as I know, when I dug into it a little bit more, they are still together, but I wouldn't book any, I wouldn't buy them anything off their registry, if you know what I'm saying. Oh, so. I know what you're saying. Yeah. Well, you know, I was there and I, I did the pushback of like, hey, the things were actually, there were times where it was actually really hard and things weren't going great. Yeah. And I would try to make it seem like they were. So you just never know. It's like, exactly. And that's what I'm saying. I'm so happy to not be in a public relationship. That's why I haven't posted, you know, it's, I keep getting things like, Oh, I hope you find love. And I'm like, I've had love. Like I have love in my life. And I just, I, yeah, you just didn't I let just anybody know about it. <laughs> exactly. Like it's my best kept secret. Like, you know, I don't, I feel like I almost feel like it's just like a kiss of death. You know, it's like getting a, somebody's name tattooed on you. If you break, if you do break up, then you have to go back and delete all of your posts. The problem with it is, and especially coming from this show, is they feel some sort of obligation to their fans because their fans followed their quote-unquote love story during the show. So once it's ending, it's almost like they're damned if they do and they're damned if they don't. If they con constantly post pictures of, hey, here's me and so-and-so together, and here we are at dinner, and here we are taking a trip, and, and you're constantly posting pictures of you and the one that you chose... Well, that's fine and nanny, but the second you go a week without posting it, the questions start right. up. And then if you don't post any from the beginning, people are going to be like, man, these two must really not be into each other because they never tell us what they're doing and they're never posting. So I get it that you're in a tough position when you're in that place. And most of them do the uh, former, which is post tons of pictures of themselves. But I'm telling you, if you do that, just know that the second you don't post tons of pictures of you and your new person – you are going to get called out on the carpet for it because these people are like stalkers and they <laughs> called all, out on the carpet. Yeah. Oh, and that's the thing is it's, it's so nice to have that support of people that want that actually follow it. And they want to see that. I get it. Like, you know, I would love to post a picture of me and my guy like on the beach or but it's like also really nice to keep that stuff to yourself. You know, I know that's just me. That's just how I am. You know, I'd like to, you know, you give so much of yourself to some, you know, yeah. it's nice. I get it. But, uh, it's, it's just, it's not a career and it's, it's, you've already given so much of your personal life away. Why not just try to keep it to yourself? Yeah. You know? And I'll, and I'll tell you one personal story regarding me in, in terms of something like that was a couple seasons ago. Um, I started seeing somebody and we were serious. We were exclusive and I never posted any pictures of us. And then on new year's Eve, I did, I posted a picture of us at dinner and within a week, there was a site, I don't remember which website it was, but someone sent me the link that said, does Reality Steve not have spoilers this season because he has a new girlfriend? Like, it, it just, the idiot. <laughs> so now you get to deal with what we dealt yeah, with. Yeah, it was <laughs> unbelievable. That had, one has nothing to do with the other. I could have a girlfriend right now. I spoiled all of Nick's season. I, I spoiled the final four breakdown of who went home at four, three, two, and one. Four days after that proposal took place, to Vanessa in Finland. It was out there. They got engaged on November 18th. I put it on my site on November 22nd. On the first day of this season, January 2nd, when the show aired, I had the episode, I episode spoilers out. I very well could be in a relationship right now. I just don't talk about it. I just don't feel it's anybody's business. One has nothing to do with the other. When I want someone to know, they'll know. But I, even when I do finally maybe someday release anything, it'll just be something might be a throwaway sentence in a, in a column, just like, oh yeah, me and my girlfriend went here. Like something like that. I just, 
the constant pictures and, hey, this is our meal and here's where we're at Friday night for dinner, that'll never happen with me. And maybe that's maybe that will prevent me from relationships in the future. I don't know. But whoever does want to be with me has to understand that. And and that's a different situation, but like a different story, like imaginary audience. It's like, you know, part of it is like, God, can you imagine being in the, I, I look at these couples who are like Instagram famous together and I'm like, I can't imagine being at dinner with them. I mean, you're just not present and, and that's just not what I'm about, you know, like, you know, I do that like, Hey, I want to get a picture of this for myself to remember this. Like, and yeah. that's what I think. So the beauty of social media is, is you can look back and be like, Oh, you know, I even look back when Ben and I were posting a lot and I, I didn't delete everything, but it's kind of nice to look back and be like, Oh wow. Like I lived in that moment in that time, but that's just not fulfilling to me. That's not what's it's, it's more ego driven. You know? oh, it's absolutely ego driven because you know, the one thing that you can look back and, and you can say, when you when you're going over all that stuff is and i've said this in my column numerous times is you know social media is not a real depiction of these people's relationship like when lace and grant broke up no. after paradise and when josh and amanda broke up oh i didn't even know that i mean i did i did know about josh because yeah. i saw he followed me on twitter and i was like well that's shocker. a red flag i'm gonna <laughs> yeah shocker I'm like, why is he following me i'm like okay let me look into this and i was like they broke up <laughs> Well, I think okay. the thing the Big thing is figure. Yeah, and I think <laughs> I think the thing is is that and, and like I said, I've said it and I people just don't want to either believe it or accept it, but you look at the comments after Josh and Amanda broke up, if you go look at some of her pictures back then and you leave some of the comments and people are like, Oh my god, I can't believe you guys broke up. You were the perfect couple. It's like they were the cur- perfect couple to you based on what? What you saw on their, their Instagram—that Instagram? just that means nothing. Because do you know how long it took them to pick out the filter and yeah. facetune that picture? <laughs> well, and not only that—that <laughs> that was taking away from the real life. Like, babe, go make the popcorn. <laughs> yeah, and and it's it's like like you're only seeing what they want you to see. They're not going to post a picture when they're in the middle of an argument. Of course not. You're only seeing Josh and Amanda when they're happy and they have the kids or whatever. But but people. Like I said, they live off people's Instagram and they think they know these couples based on what they see. And it's just, it couldn't be further from the truth, but, uh, I know, I think you and I can agree on that. And I'm, <laughs> I'm so glad we talked because, um, it's been really enjoyable. I mean, I took a picture of when Ben and I broke up of me, went the last flight, the last time I saw him, I, I was crying on the flight. It was the last flight I was going to cry on. And I literally have a picture of me with tears rolling down my face and I took it for myself and I would never post it, but I took it for myself to say like, you have this as a, a memory to be like, you're never going to let a man make you feel this way again. You know? Well, that's great. I mean, I'm glad, and I'm yeah. glad you didn't post it. Cause I'm glad that's something personal that you don't need to post, but, um, yeah, it's just like for yourself, you keep it and it's like, okay, like you went through that and, but, uh, it's going to be interesting to see what happens and how this, the season shakes out. And like I said, I've met Nick, he's very nice and he is very confident. Um, yes. and I feel bad. He's, probably getting a little bit of backlash, but that's what the, everybody gets. I mean, unless yeah. you're Sean Lowe, who I predict, my prediction is, is he'll end up being the host of the bachelor because Chris ha- Harrison isn't going to be around forever. I think that, you know, I, I just, I mean, I don't think he will be, I mean, at some point I think Chris, uh, Sean Lowe will probably be the, the host. Well, the fact that the fact that he got to co-host after paradise, uh, this past summer definitely leads people to believe that I'm he would be gossip. the one. I'm sorry. I no. just like, no, he was. I mean, he was the co-host this past summer on Paradise when Chris Harrison wasn't even part of that show. So it's almost like if they are grooming somebody, it would be him. Yeah, you would think it would be him. But um, I mean, you and I could talk 
for four hours. I'm convinced of that. So I'm glad we did. But I got it. I feel like I'm on a one-on-one date. <laughs> yeah. so. I f- this is. <laughs> I think that. Um, I fooled you. No. Yeah. <laughs> um, She's that bad. We've. Uh, there's something I do at the end of every podcast that I've done, which is the the rapid 10, where I'm just going to fire off some questions. They're real short answers, but it's a little more get okay. to know you stuff. And we'll end it with this. So question number one, um, you were very critical of Adrian Grenier. I don't even know how to pronounce it. Is it Grenier? Grenier. Oh, okay. The, so it is. The, it's, it's, okay. The silent. Yeah. Okay. So you were very critical of Adrian Grenier in your book. You had a lot of funny stories about the guy. Tell us your favorite one, even if it's a repeat of something you said in the book, but tell us your favorite story of dude from Entourage. Um, on our first date, he picked me up and he had a Prius. <laughs> it was like the first year that they came out and uh-huh. it was like, you know, people didn't have Priuses and he picked me up. I got in his car and it was like, Oh, I was, like I like your car and you know I knew he was eco-friendly and he's like oh thank you I just got this it's it's, uh I love my Prius he called me Prius (laughs) he's like this is my Prius and he thought that was the name that wasn't like a cute name he gave his car he actually thought that's how you said it yeah he called it a Prius (laughs) (laughs) all right well that that actually sets the tone for a lot of the stuff you told about him in your book where it basically it's like the light it's like the lights on, but not necessarily anybody's home with, with, with him. <laughs> uh, he he was a good guy. We never really full on dated, but there's okay. more about that later. But he uh, he's a cancer. We're the same. I'm into astrology. Uh, okay. um, he's a he's a good guy, but we never like had like he was never my boyfriend. You know? Okay, gotcha. Uh, question <laughs> question number two: Do you have a go to body lotion or perfume? I do. My go to perfume is Stella McCartney. Cartney, and it's like a little rolly stick they sell at Sephora. Okay. Um, it's I, I like rose. I, ugh, I hate to say it. Rose scented uh, perfumes. I've worn them my whole life. Okay. So Stella McCartney makes a really good one, and um, the lotion that I use is Jergens, and uh, yeah. What Jergens? That's yeah. So not like any of the foo foo smelling ones, like the whatever it may be. Does Jergens uh-huh. have a, one of the, like a strawberry you, or whatever? Are we talking body lotion or yeah. face lotion? No, 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 body, like body lotion. Like the, the, the stuff you put on you to smell good. That's not yes, perfume. I okay. use Jergens, um, the skin firming one, um, ladies. Okay. That's what's up. It oh. smells good. Oh, okay. I didn't, I, I just figured, okay. Gotcha. Are you judging my body lotion? No. What, I, what is your favorite <laughs> body lotion? <laughs> the funny thing is I've always been uh, just... A little fun fact about me: I've always thought that. I that's, picture you as like a Jergens kind of a guy. No, I no, I've more or less. It's funny because I've always been a fan of the body lotions from like Bath and Body Works or uh, Sephora or whatever, but I never know the names of them. I just know smell has the always scent. been yeah, scent and smell has always been underrated to me when it comes to women because I can easily fall for a woman if I like their smell. And wow. Oh I my just, God. That is like the best like information <laughs> ever. You're giving your fingers. <laughs> I just don't know that. I usually don't know the names unless I ask. But if I, if I have been with a woman and I recognize the smell, I'm like, okay, yeah, I, I know I like that, but I just never know the names. That's the problem. I mix it up from time to time, but I, I would love to be a fly on the wall when you're shopping at Bath and Body Works. <laughs> 
Okay, I didn't say. I would love to see you smelling. <laughs> I didn't say I shopped. I uh, have I been with someone that I've was dating? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I just never remember the names. I should probably pay more attention to the names of them. But okay, let's move on. Question number three. Uh, you said you've been approached <laughs> to do numerous reality shows since Ben's season. Do you remember the most random show that you were asked to do? Ooh, there's been a couple. Um, the most random would. what was there um i mean probably the couple like couples therapy and i didn't even have a boyfriend (laughs) at the time this was a while ago i thought that was ben i thought they i thought you said in your book they they came to you and ben to do couples therapy yeah but they came to me after that oh they did (laughs) (laughs) yeah well they put they put uh, fair abraham on that when she didn't have a boyfriend and she made up a whole story i mean so yeah i can see why they i they yeah, would but do I'm that. Not about making up a story. Oh, I know. But yeah, no. Yeah. Couples therapy. That was definitely one. And then the, also there was a Tory Spelling show that I don't even know if it happened. It was an E an E show. So oh, okay. Um, it was another couples therapy. It wasn't that wasn't the working title, but yeah, it was another one. <laughs> gotcha. Um, question number four. What is your biggest relationship pet peeve? Well, besides Ben never seeing you apart your apartment in the year that you were engaged. Besides, <laughs> besides that. Honestly, I think it's like going back to what we talked about earlier and being present. Um, I I really have a hard time when I'm spending time with somebody and whether it be my boyfriend or whatever, um, if they're on their phone and on Instagram and 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 looking at their phone constantly. Like I really feel like that that's a huge epidemic. Oh yeah. Um, and a relationship a suck. You know. Yeah. yeah. No. Without a doubt. Um, Question number five, what is your favorite slow song of all time? Um, oh, God, I have so many. But if I off the top of my head, I would think uh, Sade, By Your Side. I've slowed down. Really? It's amazing. Yeah. Really? Wow, that's in my top mm-hmm. five. Amazing. That is wow. top five for me. It. No, it's, I it's swear to God. And you know what? I I will tell you exactly why. And this is probably news to everybody else out there as well. So this is another story and I'll tell you exactly why. When I, this was back in, gosh, this would have been 2000 and let's see, I got fired from the radio station in March of 02. There, there was a time. Yeah. (laughs) There was a time where I was in between jobs and I had to do something to make money. And I was living in, I was living in Culver city at the time and I took a job at, God, it's not, it wasn't coast. Oh, 94.7, the wave in LA, which basically played, yeah, it's, it's, <laughs> that plays like essentially soft rock. But you know what my job was at the wave? I was the overnight board operator. So from 12 PM to 6 AM, I was the only one there. And I basically would just load songs into the computer and then just sit there and go and just somehow keep myself busy for for six hours, uh, and I was by myself. This was Monday through Friday. I was the overnight board operator, so from 12 a.m. to 6 a.m., I'm sitting there by myself, and being that it was the wave, <laughs> Sade was a huge person on that station just because she released the type of music that they play, and By Your Side was literally a song that I played every night for the three months that I worked there, and it just became... A favorite of mine. That's how I. That's how I know that song. 
How about oh, that? That that's a really good song to love. And is it Sade or Sade? I never knew. I think Sade. I, I've heard it both. Sade. I think it's Sade. <laughs> I think, isn't it? Sade is S A D A E, but Sade or Sade. It's yeah. It's spelled S A D E, but I I'm almost positive it's pronounced Sade, right? Sade. <laughs> Right? It tickles me. <laughs> Do you not know? I don't know. I think yeah. people call it Sade, but I think it's sh- people I, call it Sade. So. I think I've heard both, but I think the correct one is Sade. But, you know, who knows? Maybe we'll get an answer to it once this podcast goes up. Um, I hope so. Please help <laughs> us out. <laughs> uh, question number six. I don't want you to name any names, but I am almost positive that you have gotten hit on by guys in this franchise. What is the best and worst pickup line that you have gotten from someone in this franchise hmm. but i don't well, want you you don't i don't want you to give anybody up you don't have to do that unless you want to that'd be that great, is but. a stu- you stumped me um let's see here <laughs> just, I mean, just open up your dms right now and just probably read them because they're all in let there. me get to my dms <laughs> hold on i'm getting to my dms i think it's like these guys on the show come off and they're more like uh they follow you yeah. more so than anything. They follow you and they start liking your photos. It's, it's very subtle. They're not making power moves. They're not okay. those kind of guys. If anything, I would say Ari, you know, he's been, he, he was pretty bold, you know? Really? Okay. Yeah. He's a bold guy. Uh, question number seven. If there was a movie made about your life, what actress would you want playing you? Um, I think... Probably Kiera Knightley or um, Natalie Portman. Interesting. They kind of look alike. I I mix those two up all the time. Like, I know who both of them are, but they look alike to me, and I always mix them up. If, like, Kiera Knightley could do, like, an English, like, just like a slang, like, you know, like, Mm -hmm. our accent, I would be down for her. But I think Natalie Portman. Okay. Question number eight. You recently did some sort of web series I saw with former Bachelor contestants. I think it was like you and Sarah Heron and Claire and Daniela. And there was this like relationship expert guy on relationship dating do's and don'ts. <laughs> um, yes. a- as a female, what is the number one texting no-no from a guy that's an immediate turnoff for you? Honestly, um, I think just being too eager. Like, you know, I... <laughs> I think I love a follow-up text after a date, mm-hmm. um, but not too like eager. Like somebody who's like pours it pours their heart out for me. Honestly, like that's, that's too much too soon. Like, okay, I will be like, do not reply. I will. I won't reply. Okay, follow-up question to that, and just speaking as a as a female, do you want? Because I've had this conversation with female friends of mine. Do you want in that, in that text at the end of the date, you want that text, you know, thanking you for a good time or whatever the case may be. Do you want him to ask you out then, or do you want him to wait two, three days or whatever? Uh, wait, but that's just me personally. Okay. <laughs> um, you know, I, I think it's like a, allude to it. Like I'd love to see you again, Okay. but like not try to like, if you're trying to set plans and we just, we're together, like that's too soon. Okay, makes sense because For that's me. that seems to be the consensus. I, there was one person I talked to that's like, if he were to say at the end of the date, 
after we had already left each other, had a great time tonight. Would you like to go out next Saturday? She said, like, I wouldn't have a problem with that. If I liked him. If I liked him, I would say I wouldn't have a problem. So I guess maybe it would come down to something like that. Like, if you weren't yeah, into him. Yeah, it varies. Honestly. Yeah, it varies. Like, yeah, it's more case I by like case. I like the bold moves, but I also like, like, when somebody's, like, too, like, this is the thing. Here's the real deal. If you're, oh, okay. If you're if it's like desperation, you know, if you're, if it's, if that's kind of oozing from a person, that's, that's not a good look for anybody, you know? Okay. No, it's understandable. I mean, I can, I can see where that would come off. Um, question number nine, what is your biggest cheat meal? Junk food you absolutely could not go without? Uh, pizza. What are your toppings? Uh, I like a margarita pizza and, uh, that's that's my go-to. Oh, ooh, or mac and cheese. So two, two cheat meals. You gotta oh. have multiple cheat meals. <laughs> Which mac and cheese? Kraft, Stouffer's? Which one? No, I shop at Whole Foods for oh, as okay. much as I can. Okay. Okay. I don't buy like the you know like paper towels and stuff like that. There, you got to go to two stores for that. But yeah. like, I like the Annie's organic. It makes me feel like I'm not a- cheating as much. <laughs> okay. Uh, final question. I want you to be honest here. Was there any part of you? That was nervous to do this podcast for fear of what certain people associated with the show would say. Um, hmm. <laughs> is that a trick question? <laughs> no, I'm just, I'm just curious. Like, was there, was there like, oh, I don't know. Um, I don't know if that would look good because I'm telling you right now, I just started this podcast in December. So it's been two months now and I've sent out emails to a lot of people like, Hey, would you like to come on? And, and trust me, I've gotten contestants that have Hard said no. no, have said no because they just don't like the association or don't think it would be a good look for the association with Reality Steve. But I was just curious. I wasn't worried about it. Okay. That's good. I appreciate it. I mean... Not worried about it. Nope. You're... I mean, you were on the show five years ago. I got, if you would have told me like, oh, I don't know if I should do that, I would have been. I kind of would have thought maybe a little bit less of you because I would have been like, what? What are you talking about? Like it's it, you know you're not involved in the, you know you're not involved in the franchise anymore. Really? I mean you don't you don't know anybody anything in there. But I I know that some other people who maybe have aspirations for paradise and stuff like that. I could see why they would say no. You know. But um, no, I'm glad that uh, I'm glad that you were able to come on. I really no, I had no hesitations. I I've thoroughly enjoyed our conversation. No, it was great. And I'm gonna be no. I've I have looked at your website. I mean, I spoiled the last couple seasons because I'm like, there's been times where I'm like, oh, I just don't, I don't, I can't sit through all this. I want to know, like, yeah. you know, inquiring minds need to know. So, um, and you have indirectly, like, you've helped me out on my season and. So no, it's all good. I'm, I'm glad. not 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 worried about it. I'm glad I could, and I'm glad that you have completed the Rapid Ten. It's America's fastest growing game show. I'm telling you, everybody's sorry. I everybody's didn't do playing. it fast enough. I no, like we could do a do-over. And yeah. be a little bit more clear and concise. No, you your answers were perfectly so fine. Not. Yeah, your answers were perfectly fine. Um, Courtney Robertson, thank you very much for coming on the podcast. I really appreciate it. Uh, I think my f- listeners and listeners are going to love this. Uh, it will be up on Thursday. It'll be up tomorrow. We are taping this on Wednesday. So, again, thank you very much. I, I appreciate your time and appreciate all your candidness 
uh, in this. Oh interview. my gosh, absolutely! And thank you. I'm sorry if I rambled on. I'm no. a little rusty in the interview. Pro- <laughs> I haven't done interviews really since my book tour. So thanks for your patience, and you're awesome. And uh, yeah, I'm here if you. Well, let's let's get to, down to the bottom of the Shaw Day. Yeah, let me know. Yeah, I'm going to get an answer for you on that. I definitely will get an answer for you on that. But that, uh, <laughs> you're the best. <laughs> thanks again, thank Courtney. You. Yes, anytime. Okay, have a good night. Bye. Bye. Thanks to Courtney for that longest podcast we've done so far, and I felt it probably could have even gone longer. I didn't want to necessarily harp on her past relationship with Ben, but obviously that's a big part of who she is in this franchise because, like I said, it's the only season that she's done. And I'm telling you, if you have not read her book, go do it. If you watch this show every Monday night and consider yourself a Bachelor fan and like to know what the process is like, especially for someone who got to the end and actually won this thing and then subsequently had to deal with what she and Ben had to deal with post-show, I'd say it's a must-read for you guys. You can find the book basically anywhere. It's titled, I Didn't Come Here to Make Friends, Confessions of a Reality Show Villain uh, by Courtney. So thanks again to her for that. And that'll wrap it up for podcast number 11. We'll be back same time, same place next week. We got your recap on Tuesday, reader emails on Wednesday, Dr. Reality Steve on Thursday along with podcast number 12. So until then, I will talk to you next week. See you.